What's up guys? Today we're going to be talking about mindfulness. So mindfulness is the practice of controlling your attention. And I'm going to start with a story and then I'm going to explain the mechanisms, define mindfulness, what I mean by that and define the terms that we'll be using. And then I'll demonstrate how it can help you as an athlete. So uh, I wouldn't be talking about this if I didn't think it was really accessible, really low hanging fruit that could increase performance in a more bang for your buck way than a lot of other things that are out there. So, you know, if I, if I, I'm not using this because uh, for any religious reason or any spiritual reason or any like reason other than I think that it is extremely accessible, extremely low hanging fruit that anyone can practice, any athlete can use to improve their performance uh, it, it, very immediately with uh, actually not very much effort. And so I think that it, it is, uh, it, it does require effort. You know, it's not as easy as using a massage gun for, for an example, but if I thought that things like the massage gun or various other hacks, products, or fads would increase your performance more than things that you can do yourself, uh, then I'd be talking about those. But uh, the reason that I'm talking about mindfulness instead of those things is because I think it has it is a bigger dial mover. So that's that's why I'm choosing this topic, and it's really not for any other reason than that. So this is something that I wish I understood more 10 years ago as I was being a multidisciplinary athlete and competing in various physical sports. And uh, yeah, so that, that's why I'm sharing it with you. And so I'll start with the story. So 10 years ago, uh, give or take 10 years ago, I was, uh, it's more like 12 now, I was um, in the army and part of the standard, one of the standards that I had to pass as a soldier was doing a two to three minute obstacle course as fast as you can. And so the, op the course involved crawling under an obstacle, jumping over things, uh, climbing up onto a shelf, traversing monkey bars, uh, running on a matlance beam, climbing a rope, um, getting over a wall, and then running as fast as you can along a track. And so because it, the length of time that it lasted, two to three minutes, it was very high power output and extremely lactic and very uncomfortable. So some of the sensory experience was like, you know, your all, all the things that tended to like a really lactic expression. So your legs are burning, your lungs are, you're ventilating at a really high rate and your lungs are burning, your heart feels like it's about to explode. And all of that can be, it's probably the most, I, I would argue it's the most uncomfortable thing that you can do as an athlete, uh, at least in an acute sense. So like that two to three minutes and as much power as you can express in two to three minutes, I think that's probably the worst thing that you can that you can do from a sensory experience perspective. And so I was in a situation where I had to do this test every other day as fast as I could. And I had to do it every other day until I got in under a certain time. So until I got in under that time and basically, you know, validated the standard, then I had to do it every other day. So I had to go through this like crazy stressful anaerobic lactic endurance expression every other day. And it was like really stressful. So, um, you know, as a human being, I, I didn't want to do that anymore. So I wanted to achieve the time for its own sake. Like I wanted to be, you know, an achiever, especially physically, but it was also that I just didn't want to do the test anymore because the test was super painful and uncomfortable. 
So what I ended up doing is, and I, I don't know where I got this, but I think I just made it up, but I adopted a mantra and that mantra was, you're fine. And so when I got about 90 seconds into the test and the test started to get really, really lactic and I still had, you know, a, about a minute left to go to get in under the time cap, I started telling myself, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. And I ended up getting the time, the, the moment that I, the, the exact day that the test that I implemented that mantra, even though my legs were burning just as much, my lungs were burning just as much, my heart was beating just as fast, etc. The sensory experience was still present, but I found a different way to relate to it. And so that's an example of mindfulness and how it can help athletes. And so I'm gonna go into what mindfulness is, how to practice it, define the terms, and then uh, some of the mechanisms as to why it helps athletes. So, okay, so what is mindfulness? Mindfulness first is controlling your attention. So your attention is always being placed on something, whether that's a sensory experience or a thought or emotion. So those are essentially the three sources of information that we can have, that we perceive as humans. It's either sensory experience, thought, or emotion. A common notion is that you are the thinker of your thoughts and that you are the feeler of your emotions. And while that may be true in some sense, it is often an illusion. And what I mean by that is you don't have as much control over your thoughts and emotions as you think you do. And so when you practice through mindfulness is just what it's called, but when you practice paying attention to your sensory experience, you start to notice how transient it is as a source of information. So uh, an example in, in mindfulness is paying attention to your breath. So when you pay attention to your breath and you try to cover the breath with your awareness, it is here for a moment and then it's gone. And so when you do that repetitively, you notice the transience of the breath. Same thing with hearing the rustling of leaves or feeling the path under your feet or the smell of wildflowers if you're out in nature. And so when you start to pay attention to your sensory experience and notice how transient it is, you can also notice the same thing about thoughts and emotions because they're similarly transient. So they're here and then they're gone. So, okay, an exercise in openness. So what do I mean by that? So when you practice controlling your attention and mindfulness, so imagine you are walking out in nature and you're just paying really close attention to all of the sensory experience. I mentioned some before, but the path underneath your feet, the smell of wildflowers, the sound of rustling leaves, the uh, visual information. So you're taking in all of this data. So those are all examples of sensory experience and you're noticing all of them. You're paying attention to them. You're covering them with your awareness. And as you practice, you begin to notice how transient that sensory experience is. And as you practice paying attention to your sensory experience, you notice that thoughts and feelings are similarly transient, just like the information from your five senses. So how does this help the athlete? Well, in this little community, we're focused on physical performances. So performances that often involve enduring discomfort, like the story I shared before, ones that are full of very potent and acute sensory experience. And so when you practice controlling your attention, what you're doing is you practice noticing the sensory experience without judgment. So that's what I mean when I say it is an exercise in openness. Openness is being open to experience, whether that's 
sensory experience, thought, or emotion, you're being, you're staying open to that without judgment. So, uh, judgment is, is a thought. It's a thought. And so you, you may, uh, open yourself up to the data of those three sources of information. And in so doing, you are withholding judgment on any of those three things, whether it's your thought, your emotion, or your sensory experience. So without judgment is the key. So when you decide to slow down, take that obstacle course example. So when you're, when you're running on the track and you make a decision to slow down, the sequence of events is you're perceiving all of that sensory information, the legs burning, the lungs burning, the heart beating really fast. And you make a judgment about it. You judge that it is not sustainable. And then based upon that judgment, you decide to slow down. Similarly, say you are lifting a really heavy load and you start the rep and the rep is going too slow and you make a judgment, this is too heavy, I'm going to bail on this rep. So the decision to stop or, the the, or slow down or the decision to drop the weight is the result of a judgment that is you're making about your sensory experience. And so in the thick of a tough performance, the mindful athlete has two options. One, you can dissociate from your sensory experience. So you can recognize your separateness from the sensory experience and the transient nature of the sensory experience. The, the classic example, like that this won't last forever. You can pay attention to something else. So you can pay attention to the erg screen, or you can pay attention to where your competitors are, or you can pay attention to the noise, of the crowd, or you can pay attention to the music in your headphones. Your second option is to pay close attention to the sensory experience. So you're still recognizing its transience and your separateness from what you are, but you're also noticing every detail of it without judgment. So you are simply taking in the raw data of the sensory experience and you are trying really, really hard not to make a judgment about what you're experiencing. So those are your two options. And both of them are totally viable to help you go longer, farther, harder, and faster, but one is more appropriate in one situation versus the other. So number one, where you're dissociating and you are focusing on your separateness from the sensory experience and you're deciding deliberately to pay attention to something else, whether that's the urge screen or your competition or something other than the sensory experience that you're feeling in your body. And that is more appropriate the more skillful the task is. So an example of this would be hitting the game-winning three-pointer. When you're hitting the game-winning three-pointer, you don't want to be thinking about how fast your heart is beating. You don't want to be paying attention to the sweat on your palms. You don't want to be paying attention to any of that. You only want to be paying attention to the task. So the task, because it is so high skill, it requires your attention. So if you're distracted by physiological sensory input, then you're less likely to perform well in that task. Secondly, the lower skill the task is, the more number two is appropriate, where you pay close attention to your sensory experience. And this is for an example, this is pedaling a bike to exhaustion. So there's essentially no skill component. Every stroke of the bike, you're doing it 80 to 100 time rotations per minute, right? And every stroke is essentially identical. So it, it, it doesn't require attention from you. So 
Um, this is where it is more appropriate to pay close attention to your sensory experience rather than paying attention to something else. You still recognize your separateness from the sensory experience, but you're noticing every detail of it and you're actually going deeper and getting really intimate with the sensory experience. You're just withholding judgment from it. Okay, so both of these provide enormous performance benefits. I, I think that if, if athletes understood these mindful techniques, then we would see better performances across the board. So how do you implement those? How do you start today? So you start with daily practice. So you, you don't just go into your next performance and say, I'm gonna be mindful. I'm gonna choose one of those two techniques and I'm gonna be mindful. It doesn't work that way. How it does work is practicing controlling your attention in a very calm environment. So this is goes back to the saying, you don't rise to the level of the occasion, you sink to the level of your training. So it's the same thing when you're practicing controlling your attention, it's a skill. It's just like deadlifting, it's just like running muscle ups, it's just like running, it's a skill like anything else. And so what I recommend is practice controlling your attention in a calm environment. So this can be sitting in an office chair, it can be in the morning over your morning coffee, it can be in the evening as part of your wind down, it can be on your morning walks after your meals. Uh, and so practice daily, 10 minutes is the minimum unit of time that I think is useful. So if you're going for a 10 minute walk after a meal, which is perfect, then you can practice mindfulness and you can, excuse me, you can unplug and you can just pay attention to the sensory experience on your walk. And by practicing that, you are practicing withholding judgment and you're, you're practicing noticing the distraction of thought, noticing the distraction of emotion. And it is going to translate to how you perform, guys. So don't judge anything, relax your judgment, take in the raw data of sensory experience. Notice everything, you can start by focusing on your breath and then you can focus on the sounds of nature if you're outside. You can focus on the feel of the path underneath your feet. You can focus on this, the sense of being outside. You can focus on the warmth of the sun on your face. And if you have trouble paying attention to that sensory experience, then you're going to have a much harder time when the sensory experience is really overwhelming, controlling your attention. It's gonna be really easy to react to, often negatively, to the overwhelming discomfort of the sensory experience of a really tough performance. So practice controlling your attention in a calm environment, just like training. Training has to be challenging, but it has to be attainable for you. If training is constantly challenging you too far beyond your current abilities, then you don't adapt to it, it actually breaks you. And so, same thing with controlling your attention. So, treat your training as just another opportunity to practice. So, your training, like your actual meditation mindfulness practice, is just another opportunity to begin again. So, uh, notice your sensory experience without judgment, pay attention to uh, practice distracting yourself, practice paying attention to things besides your sensory experience, or practice going deeper into the sensory experience without judgment. Use techniques one or two. And guys, I hope this helps you perform better. If you have any questions, you can send me an email, paul at paulbweber.com.